Okay, so I have Tamala Malay here today with me as a guest. And Tamala, I want you to say hi to our friends and our listeners and let them know just a little bit about yourself. Okay, wonderful. Hi, everyone. My name is Tamala Malay. I am a teacher, a channel, and a coach. And my primary focus in my business is personal empowerment. And I do a lot of energy work. Uh, I bring in a lot of wisdom from my high council of light about everything that's going on now, how we can move through processes and changes so that we really can do this in an empowered way, as opposed to the chaotic way. Right. And um, I spend a lot of time uh, teaching and training people how to be their own superheroes really going into and doing that personal work that we're all really required to do. Right. Right. So there's this understanding that uh, we have that something's always somebody else's fault or there's somebody to blame or it, it happened to us. Right. And for me and the work that I do, that has been really under the state of duality. And we're moving out of duality into unity consciousness, right? If you've heard anybody talk about yeah. 5D, that's what unity consciousness is. And that's where we're going. Well, the, the problem with getting to unity consciousness is we all have to do our own individual work to get there, right? It's a micro macro thing. We do our work and then that contributes to the work of the society and the cultures and the planet, And so that's really what I'm involved in. So even the personal work that I do takes on, it changes families, it changes businesses, it changes cultures, and it changes the planet. So I'm really fortunate to be able to do my sacred work. I love that. So how did you, let's kind of like rewind. Um, How long have you been in this industry and what was the catalyst to like get you started in this? Was it something you've always done? Well, that's a great question. I came in when I was born, uh, being able to see energy, sense energy. I would know um, what had happened in homes before we were there. And it, I was raised Southern Baptist in the South. And um, I was when, too. I would, <laughs> when I would mention things like that, it yeah. would freak everyone out. It's like, yeah. You know, there was an instance I was probably seven or eight and I had, I played with Barbies and I loved my Barbies and I had a Barbie and a skipper, right? Mm-hmm. And I had took a red um, felt tip pen and put little red dots all over skipper and all over Barbie and I hid them. And, you know, my mom found them a day or so later, I don't know when she found them and she's like, what is this? What did you do? You know, you ruined your Barbies. And I, I just kept saying, that's what Ken did. That's what Ken did. Ken did it. That's what Ken did. Well, come to find out the people that had lived in the house that we were living in before us, the um, father or the husband had actually murdered the wife and the children um, by stabbing them to death. Oh, wow. And so that totally freaked my family out, right? This is not okay. <laughs> this, is, this is totally not Okay. Uh, we don't do this. Um, this is not godly thing. Uh, that's what witches do. And they burn witches, right? And, and went into all of that um, 
you know, you can't do this. It's not acceptable. And yeah, which is you know, probably very confusing to you as a child because all this stuff's coming to you and then you're being told that that's bad. And mm-hmm. I was raised Southern Baptist too, so I can, I can kind of understand it. I know obviously the belief system there and most of them are very well-meaning in the way they believe, but mm-hmm. a lot of times you fear the unknown, right? So mm-hmm. I'd say there was, I'd say there was fear and confusion on your mother's part, but also I'd say that very much confused you as a child. Absolutely. And then I would know, um, uh, I would be able to see sicknesses in, in people. Um, there was an instance where uh, there was a gentleman that was talking to my grandparents and I kept saying he needs green in his throat. He needs green in his throat. And they're like, what are you talking about? And I said, he's sick. He needs green. And I used to pray colors through people. And that was one of the things that I did when I would go to bed at night. Um, Yeshua or Jesus, uh, I always called him Yeshua would um, ask me, he would show me pictures of people and ask me to pray for them. And I would pray colors through them. And I would see people in real life and I would, you know, want to pray colors through them. Well, of course you can't do that without their permission. And so I would talk about that. I would say that and it totally freaked people out. Right. Again, back to the, you know, that's a witch thing. That's a devil thing. And Mm -hmm. why would Jesus ask you to do that? Right. And so I ended up completely shutting down all of my gifts after, you know, repeated instances of that. And um, someone actually told me at one point, if that has to be the devil, it can't be Jesus. And if you love Jesus, you will stop doing that. And it was, it was just like, Jesus was my favorite thing, right? It was Mm -hmm. just my, my everything, And I loved him so much that I didn't want to hurt the relationship. I didn't want to do anything bad. I didn't want to, you know, be wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't want to connect with quote the devil. Right. And so I literally, that was the impetus to shut all of my gifts down. And um, I had experiences, you know, of incongruency of chaos of getting in trouble of, you know, I got married at 16 and divorced at 16 um, I got married again at 18 and had my uh, two children, then that d- divorce, then I got married again and married um, uh, someone who turned out to be an abusive alcoholic. And all this time, I just completely ignored my gifts, you know, because they were, they were wrong, they were bad. Yeah. And at the end of my relationship with um, uh, the, the, we'll say the challenged one. We're going to, we'll call him the challenged one because he really had his own issues. And I think most people do. Yeah. Um, and he, he couldn't conquer his alcoholism. And finally I got to the mental and emotional space of, I can't help him. I can't change him. And me and my children can't be here anymore. And I finally took my power back from that situation and, and left Um, and there's, you know, excuse me, lots of stories around that, but in doing that, my gifts began to reemerge. I, it was, it was literally, I finally stepped back into my own power because when I had shut down those gifts as a child, I literally had shut off my own power, my own gifts. I abdicated my personal choice and my free will to these other people that I thought knew better. Yeah. Right. And so 
it can, I continued life during the lifetime to make disempowered choices. And until I actually took charge again, they were, they were quiet and they began to open up again. And we were listening. I was with my daughter. My son was already in college. My daughter was about 16 and we were listening to a cassette tape <laughs> series I'd gotten from the library of Carolyn Mace's energy anatomy. I don't know if you've listened to yeah. that. Um, and we were listening to the cassette tapes and somewhere in there, I, um, I was just kind of listening. It's like all of this stuff is, is like I was remembering and there wasn't anything that she said that was odd or different or that I had to even process. It was like, yep. Uh-huh. 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 Right. And then that's when I began to remember that I had shut all that stuff down. And so we listened to this series over, you know, a period of weeks and towards the end of the series, we were listening one night and I said, um, Kristen, I said, I think I'm psychic. And she was playing cards on the, on the coffee table in the living room. And she never even looked up and continued to play her game. And she said, of course you are mom. Everybody knows that you're the only person who doesn't know that. And I was totally floored. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> and she said, you always know what's going to happen before it happens. You always prepare us for things. When we're going into a building or something, you'll tell us, okay, shields up. And we'll put our, you know, shields up so that we're, you know, self-contained. And, mm-hmm. But I never used woo-woo words, yeah. you know, to describe that. It was just, okay, this place doesn't feel right. Let's, you know, be aware. Yeah. And she's like, everybody else knows that. That's why everybody comes to you and, and ask you for help and ask you for advice. And, and it just totally shifted my perspective. And that was maybe 13 years ago. And I've been opening up more and more and more and more and more ever since I started my business in, um, 2013 2012 in 2012. So I'm in year eight right now of doing it full time and really, really loving every moment of it. And I think that's amazing. And I know, again, growing up in the Southern Baptist world, you know, there's a lot of things that go on that you you do wonder because stuff said to you, cause I know, I, I mean, I've never considered myself psychic, but I have always been very much an empath and sense things, you know, mm-hmm. and anything that wasn't within the, the Baptist church was considered, you know, wrong. Um, you know, yoga, I can remember hearing about just, I mean, I do yoga every day now, but I can remember, well, if you do yoga, then you're meditating and you're chanting and you're going to end up getting like evil spirits and crystals. I mean, I have crystals, now that I have, but it was, that was, that was like devil stuff. You know what I mean? And (laughs) it almost to the point that I feared a lot of the things, like I was scared of it because I was afraid. It was almost like, I was afraid if I touched it or I did it or whatever, that I was, I was helping the devil. Like you said, I was helping, I didn't want to help the devil. I want to be on the good side. I'm the good side. I'm the good guy. Right. But I really like the older I get and the more I experience things myself, you know, and I was actually having this discussion with somebody this morning about this very subject, which is funny, but I really feel that, um, 
everything's kind of gray area. So, you know, I feel like, you know, there's the, the Christian church world, what I don't care what denomination, whatever, just Christian church world that they think all that stuff's just evil. That's not within that. And then you have a lot, a lot of times in, you know, the energy world, they're like, Oh, Christians are all bad and blah, 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 you know? And really I'm kind of the person in the middle going, no, I can see some of this and some of that. And I'm kind of like cherry picking because I really <laughs> think the, the way that I see it, that it kind of comes in the middle in my belief system anyway, that it comes in the middle that I do believe, I do believe in a higher power. I do believe in God, but I also believe God's in the trees. God's in the earth. God's in, you know, he's in everything. He's not in a box. You know, I, I, believe all those things. And I don't like, I'm kind of the person over here saying, well, why do you have to choose? Why do you have to say, you know, he's in this box and all this stuff over here is bad. And I'm like, why is it bad? Who said that sitting outside in nature meditating is bad. I'm not conjuring the devil. I don't know what you think happens, but when I do that, I'm not conjuring the devil. You know what I mean? And I think it's the misunderstanding. I think like I mentioned about your mom, sometimes we fear the things we don't understand and there is a lot of stereotypes and stigmas and media and TV and all those things that go along with it that feed that sometimes on both sides. But really, I, I believe it's kind of more of a gray area. And I think almost all of life is gray area. Yeah. I really do. You know, it's very perspective based. And, you know, again, we fear the things we don't understand and we see things from our own perspective. And I think that that fuels our decisions on what we do and, and more importantly, what we don't do sometimes. <laughs> You know, and did you, have you found, speaking of stereotypes, this is a question that I had, because like I said, I've always been able to sense some things, not to the extent, like you mentioned, of being able to know that in this house, this happened type of thing. But I have been in situations where, you know, I've been like, okay, we need to stay over here and don't go over there. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know why, but we, I just know that. And then something would end up happening, you know, right. so, but I've never used the term psychic. I don't really feel that that's my term, but right. um there are stereotypes, obviously, that go along with psychics. Have you found that? Because I know before I really got involved in kind of talking to more people that are kind of on this side, not in the Southern Baptist side, I had the stereotypical psychics like on a crystal ball and wearing mm-hmm. the little turban thing and reading your future and more mm-hmm. people that I've met that do identify as a psychic. I know that's not how it works, you know, right. have you found that stereotypes like, read me my future. What should I do? Should I, should I buy a lottery ticket type of thing? Do you find that sometimes? I find it a hundred percent of the yeah. time. And, and thank you for mentioning this. Cause I really don't consider myself a psychic because be, exactly because of that, because I do not predict the future. Yeah. And none of the guides that I work with, the high council I work with, with uh, Yeshua, they don't predict the future either because the future is not set. You have to make decisions between now and then. And what I tell people is if there's someplace you want to go to, I can tell you if there's a probability that that's Mm -hmm. available to you and steps that will help you get there. But I can't tell you something's going to happen or it's not going to happen because you have to actually do things between now and then to make them happen. And that, I think that's also part of the disempowerment that, that where we give our power over to other people is we think fate is, oh, well, my destiny is already set. No matter what happens, this, you know, my life is just going to be what it is. And that is not my experience. There are, there are certain pathways that we create for ourselves before we incarnate, before we come into a body and we give ourselves opportunities for choice But if we don't make those choices or if we choose to do something else, we also have a hundred percent free will and our free will then will dictate what our path looks like. 
And so I don't go by psychic, you know, I've kind of gotten into um, maybe the word channel is a better term for me. Um, But still, mostly I'm just a teacher. Mm -hmm. I teach. It's what I do. I educate. I inform. Um, I help you get from one place to another. And whether that includes being empathic or um, doing energy work or reading the Akashic records or um, doing life and business coaching, uh, doing hands-on work, whatever it is, um, it's still all in the same path. Decide where you want to go. And we'll figure out how to get you there in an empowered way. And so, you know, the psychic thing, I'm, I'm the same with you. I, it, it doesn't, it doesn't ring the bell for me. <laughs> yeah. Now you, with you coming from a similar you know, upbringing as me, I would say that I probably know the answer to this question, but maybe, maybe everybody else doesn't. Is this something that once you, you said that you, you know, got out of the abusive, you know, relationship situation. And, and I love that you said that, you know, he had challenges because I think sometimes we're so quick to, you know, point the blame and not that anybody's, you know, actions, you know, especially in abusive situation is right. Mm-hmm. But I am a big believer that statement hurt people, hurt people. Right. It happens. You know what I mean? And scared people hurt people and, you know, damaged people hurt. I mean, it's just, it, it happens. And I love that you, you kind of, you know, wasn't just saying that he's horrible. I hear that way too often. And I think, again, people are upset and mad and whatever, but um, you know, when you came out of that situation and you started kind of opening back up to, you know, who are you? You know, it's, it's, and I've been divorced and I was almost divorced twice. Me and my current husband. Now we were in the process of a divorce. We're able to work it out. But I, I, I know that feeling of your identity is stripped away from you. You don't know who you are. You know, who you were told you were supposed to be by all these different people. And you tried to be that person and it didn't work out. You trip and you fall. And finally you, once you start to peel it all back, cause you have no other choice, but to peel it all back because nothing is working and you're just broken. You start to kind of find out that some of these things that you tapped into, you know, years and years and years ago. Um, cause I was always very interested in the fact that I seemed to sense things, you know, I, but I never did tap into it. Cause again, that's, that's mm-hmm. devil stuff, you know, Oh, that's the devil trying to get you away from Jesus. I remember, you know, my grandma, bless her heart. I mean, she, and see something about this, bless her heart. Mm-hmm. I, I, some of the things never goes away, <laughs> so, but, but you know, she, she meant well, but I mean, it was the little things, the little subtle things that would say, even when I had started coming out of you know, just the idea that this was the only way that it was supposed to be that, you know, it was just black and white, that it wasn't gray. And I'm like, but I keep coming back to it. No, it's gray. No, it's gray. You know, over and over and over, you know, it's almost like the universe was like, no, it's gray. Like slap me in the head. No, it's gray. You know, and I, even in, you know, my business life, my personal life, whatever, I've always been the mediator. I've always been the person. I say this all the time, the person that even when I didn't want to, and this is huge, even when I didn't want to, I had, I always had I would take a step back and I could see both perspectives because it just automatically came to me. So I've always automatically, whether it's business, just, I just did it today, you know, mediating between stuff because there, there's very rarely anybody that's 100% good. Actually, I don't think there's anybody, but 100% good and nobody that's 100% bad, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, just life is just all gray. So it's once you start to figure that out, even the people that are doing horrible, bad things, you know, it comes back to the question of why, why is that? And I wondered if, like, when you started to peel that stuff back, did you find that while it was freeing, it was also so 
hard to take those steps because I think that a lot of people, when they come out of situations, um, and I'm trying to avoid using the term indoctrination because I'm not trying to say anything negative about the church because I, I know all of them mean so well. And some of the parts of stuff that goes on is, is so right, you know, but I think it's, again, thinking that your way is the way and there's not other ways, you know, what I think is where you go wrong. You try to, you know, put your way onto somebody else that maybe that's not their way. You know, did you find that that was such a hard step to make and you kept kind of falling back into the questioning yourself so many times along the way? Yeah. And I would say, uh, surprisingly, it still happens from time to time. Because what happens is we have these belief systems, right? These paradigms, we, these, um, quote, earthly policies and procedures, right? Yeah. This is how you do things. And um, we've been trained as uh, societies and cultures and religions to do things a certain way. And when we change those, then we're not only having to change what we believe, but then also, well, like you said, who am I now? What's my identity without this? And what I found was I constantly questioned. And the only thing that was my guide at that point, because there was a time where I even went through, um, because I lost uh, after this divorce, which I knew was the right thing to do. Um, I had a business. Uh, I, I had a real estate school. And that was in 2007, 2008, when the market crashed. Yeah. And so nobody was learning real estate. Yeah. So I lost my business. I was $40,000 in debt with the business. I lost my car. It got repossessed. I lost my home because I couldn't, I didn't have a yeah. place to live. I mean, I had no money. And um, I literally applied for hundreds of jobs, couldn't get a job. I sold roses at three o'clock in the morning at bars and clubs in Macon because I lived in Warner Robins. Um, on the weekends to try to make something just so I could buy food. And yeah. there were some months where I only made $20 that month. I cleaned people's houses. I, you know, scrubbed toilets. I did whatever. Yeah. Um, just to have food uh, for myself and my daughter. And I actually uh, went, my daughter got into college. She had a full scholarship to college. I literally dropped her off. And drove um, through, uh, uh, I, I had a car that I'd gotten from a friend. And I drove to Atlanta with what I had. And I said, if I'm going to be homeless, I'll be homeless in Atlanta because I know they, they will feed the homeless there. At least yes. I'll get food. But what happened is once I made that decision, I shifted my energy and my resonance about it because I wasn't down. I wasn't, okay, what are people going to think of me? Because I'd already lost my business. What did it matter what they thought of me? I already lost my home. I already lost my car. What in the hell does anybody's opinion mean about that? Right? I mean, Absolutely. they're not they're not starving. <laughs> yeah. They're not homeless, right? And I had to get really real with myself and come to the conclusion that, you know what? I can find liberation in this. I can find gratitude in this. And once I was able to shift into that gratitude and really start being thankful for this new opportunity, that it was going to be whatever it was going to be, I ended up getting, two days before I left, somebody called me out of the blue and said, hey, what are you doing? I said, I'm moving. You told them the story. And they said, oh, 
um, I actually have this place that you can actually stay in if you'll clean it, if you'll just do the cleaning for it. And I was like, yeah, that's wonderful. And then a few days after I got there, somebody called me and said, hey, what are you doing? And I told them the story and they're like, well, my parents need somebody to help cook and clean. Would you be willing to do that? And I'm like, yeah, that'd be wonderful. So I had a place to live. I had, uh, and the, the parents that I worked with insisted that I took my meals with them. So I had my, I had my, my uh, place to live. I had my food and they paid me. So I had money, money, you know, and then I, I was grateful. I was grateful, right. For everything. And I just felt this enormous gratitude for everything. And then I got more Then I got a full-time job and then I got a promotion at the full-time job. And then I was a vice president and then I got another job. And then it was like, mm, it's time to move into my own work. And so the, the, but the questions came continuously. The concern mm -hmm. came continuously. Those old paradigms and beliefs came consistently. And the only thing that I found that worked for me was to go into my heart space and find out what was true for me. And it's interesting because last week I just did a class on the heart space of neutrality yeah. Um, which is this space that we go into, into our heart that doesn't have any thoughts, doesn't have any emotions in it. It literally is the sacred place that's ours that allows us to find our peace, find our quiet, to handle conversations, to find our discernment. And that was the place that I went to that allowed me to make decisions that allowed me to see, is this my opinion? Is it somebody else's? Is this my belief? Is it somebody else's? Because I was plagued with them just like everyone. Yeah. And I'd make a new decision and make a new choice. I mean, the fear that would come on you, you know, I mean, you can imagine dropping my daughter off at school. I had $47. That's all I had. And driving, driving and, you know, to this other city and, you know, not knowing what was going to happen, you know? And I think and then, that's scary. Just the, the question of the unknown. I think, I think that's why people get so scared to make moves and big changes and stuff is, is the fact that the unknown is terrifying. It is terrifying to people. And, you know, I used to fear the unknown. I mean, I, to some extent, but, you know, I think you mentioned about, you know, gratitude and all that in time, you know, this is me now going through the life that I've gone through. I'm much more focused on today. You know, and I, you know, and I tell this to people all the time, whenever I'm talking to them, you know, don't worry about five years from now. Having goals is great. I'm not saying don't have goals. And I, you know, sometimes people hear me say, well, goals are good. Yes, goals are great. But sometimes we're so focused on five years that we're forgetting about right today where our feet are planted. We're so, you know, focused and we're running full force and we're barreling forward toward that goal that may or may not actually be our goal in five years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Worry about your today. Worry about where your feet are planted. And I love that you said, you know, you have $47 and you wasn't sure, but you had already kind of resonated with the fact that, okay, well, guess what? The worst that can happen is I'm on the streets in Atlanta. Which is terrible, I will say, but at least they feed them there. You know, they feed the homeless there, and you already, you already, there was nothing else to lose at that point. And I think sometimes, and this speaks for me in my own life too, when I've got to those places where I just kind of like give up and say, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever this, like I feel like I'm at the bottom right now, whatever, and I just kind of like give up and let it go and focus on the right now it starts to just open up for me. Things start to happen. Like you said, you had those phone calls and it's been like that with me as well. And, you know, 
even in the, the Southern Baptist world, you know, that's stuff we talked about that we all try to, you know, take, you know, control and you should give it to God. And it's that same concept, you know, it's mm-hmm. that same concept because, you know, especially when we're scared, what do we do when we're scared? You know, we try to clutch and hang on to things. And like, for me, I was trying to hold all the pieces together for so long until I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And then when I couldn't, it all fell away. And what I noticed after the initial just shock that I just felt like I was falling apart was that I could breathe, <laughs> yeah. that I felt free, you know, and, you know, I love that you mentioned about, you know, the place, you know, in your heart that is your space. I think in this busy world that we live in, I think people have forgotten that. Um, and you could call it what you want. You know, I know different people have different terminology for things, but it's just that quiet spot within you. I think everybody needs that because life is so busy and so loud that, I don't think we even know what we want back to forget the five-year goal, fine, make it and lay it over there, but worry about today because I don't think we're ever quiet enough and still enough to sit and think, why do I want this goal? You Mm -hmm. know, what's important to me? You know, why do I want it? Am I wanting it? Because I think that's what I'm supposed to do. Cause that was me. A lot of my goals that I had was because I thought that was what I was supposed to do. Not because what I actually wanted, because what I actually want is actually has nothing to do with what I thought my goals were. Right. So, and I think gratitude goes into that. So when you work with people on gratitude um, or in everything else, like what, what are some things, like if, if somebody comes to you and they're kind of in the mess, the chaos, like we talk about on here, successfully, chao- mm-hmm. successfully chaotic, because, you know, I am a believer that, you know, life can be chaos and there's different types of chaos, you know, different flavors of chaos. And there's mm-hmm. some that's, you know, just the normal chaos of life. I have seven kids. My life's got a level of wow. chaos, you know, <laughs> and, and that's not going to go away, but it's not all negative chaos. I mean, some of it is, you know, some of it is, just, but you know, there's also the chaos that we definitely want to avoid. So if somebody's kind of feeling the pressure, you know, under the chaos, whether it's like financial or like you said, some of the horrible, like they're going to be homeless or they don't know how to make their bills or they, whatever, you know, whatever it is, what is some advice that you give them today to, to start to pick up the pieces, to start to figure out what they need to do? What is some of that stuff that you, you know, would say to them? Well, the, the first thing that I would say is figure out, is it busyness or is it chaos? Because those are really two different things, right? If we're busy, it just means that we need to schedule better. We need to be organized. We need to make the effort to be clear, right? Mm-hmm. That's a total different process than true chaos. And what I've discovered, you know, with the law of attraction, with the energy work, with, with all of this uh, real tangible processes of energy, right, that work with mm-hmm. us, because they are real uh, in my experience, is that chaos is in incongruency. And so what that means is, if it's truly chaos, then there's something about you that is incongruent. Is it your thoughts? Is it your emotions? Is it your words? Is it your actions? And one of the programs that I have, Your Empowerment Posse, is all about getting people congruent. And, you know, our thoughts, words, actions, and emotions have to be aligned. Because if they're not, we are going to be attracting incongruencies and chaos, right? If we want one thing, but we say another, that's chaos. If we feel one thing, but we think another, that's chaos, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We can't attract what we want unless we're congruent. And so as much work as you can do around really understanding and asking in every situation, what do I think about this? 
what do I really think? Not BS think, right? Yeah. What do I really think about this? What do I feel about this? How much am I willing to change to change this? Because you also have to make the effort to do change. What actions am I taking right now? And which new actions am I willing to take? And how am I willing to change my languaging around it? Because that's one of the biggest things that I find as a challenge for people is we, we speak in ways that are incongruent, that are unintegrous, that are mm -hmm. disingenuous with what we really want. And the things that we put into our um, experience, the movies we watch or the TV that we watch or the music that we watch, you know, if we're watching um, horror movies where people are being murdered and, you know, people are murdering people, yeah. but you want to live in unity consciousness, those are incongruent, right? Yeah. And so what I found is the more that you align with and be congruent with your intention, with your desire, with your goals, if you start thinking, feeling, acting, and speaking in ways that are aligned to that, then you're going to be able to get there much faster, much easier, and there'll be less chaos. If any of those four things are not aligned, if you're not doing them, then you're going to be tripped up because you simply can't get there from here. If you don't believe it, you can't get there. If you don't feel it and feel like you resonate with it, you can't get there. If you're not taking action, towards it. You can't get there. And if you're not speaking truth into it, you can't get there. And it seems simple, but I'm telling you, this is the most painful, <laughs> the most deep, the most efforting that is required. A lot of people say, oh, well, everything should be ease and flow. And here's the deal. If you get out of the way, right, you're not grasping on things. If you get out of the way and you align, then the flow will take you exactly where you're wanting to be or where you're supposed to be if you believe in faith. So the problems are the way that we interfere is thoughts, emotions, words, or actions. And that's entirely what all of my work is about because we also have these things that we think or believe that we don't know, right? There are these um, subconscious beliefs. There's these past life experiences that we've had. We've got karmic cycles that we've created that keep us making the same choices over and over again, which is action, right? And so it, it is a whole lot more complicated than that. But yeah. if you can start there and really pay attention to what am I thinking? What am I feeling? What am I saying? And what am I doing? And if they're all aligned, they have the same resonance and they're all heading to the same place, then you're ahead of the game. And the way that I did that for me was just being in gratitude about everything. It was the only thing that I could find that didn't create other chaos or conditionality or expectation or self-sabotage. I was just grateful for what I had. And if you need to start there, it's a powerful place to start. And I love that. I think that I agree with gratitude. I always heard of gratitude journaling and it's funny again, coming from the Southern Baptist and then I was a personal trainer for a year. So I was in the athletic sports world. I looked at 
everything else as not only being like, oh, the devil's work, I got to stay away from that, but being like very frou-frou, you know, like, I don't like speak like that. I can remember, and this is horribly embarrassing story now, but I tell it anyway, that um, as I was working as a trainer, I was asked to get this yoga certification. I'm like, I am not teaching yoga. You know, I am not like, first of all, I am not that flexible. <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> Second of all, I just seen them as these like people like, Oh, all the time, which was so outside of my comfort zone. You know, so outside of my comfort zone that I was like, whatever, but they're like, we'll pay you to do it. We'll pay for the class. I'm like, whatever. So I go, but kind of with this chip on my shoulder of already, you know, I, you know, I'm no, I don't want to do this type of thing. And unfortunately I also went with a friend who, who had the same attitude about it. So long story short, you know, we get in there and this person's like the stereotypical like yoga person that you would see on TV, which I am that person now. And I love those people now, but at the time <laughs> that was very outside of my comfort zone, right? They're all very zen and they're you know, talking like this and, you know, we'll be the tree, let the energy come through the soles of your feet, extend through your hands and be the tree. And I was so uncomfortable that my personality has always been, still is very sarcastic. And when I'm uncomfortable with something, I make more jokes, you know, I make more jokes and I make more jokes and I've got a friend. So, you know, I guess I've got an audience, right? So I'm like the joke. You know, I'm like making these jokes. Well, it got so bad that we were dying laughing. We got kicked out of class, did not get the yoga certification because we were messing with their Zen, which we also found funny and we got kicked out. So, you know, I tell that story to people now as I do yoga and as I do all this stuff and it's, it just, I mean, it goes to show you a lot of times, you know, we fear all these things and sometimes you do have to start small because I wasn't ready to absorb any of that stuff. It was so uncomfortable and I was so uncomfortable with who I was as a person. I didn't really know who I was. And I had never given myself permission to even figure it out. I didn't think I had permission. You know, I had all, all these other identities that had been kind of forced upon me and I, whatever, that's who I am apparently. And I, you know, I wasn't ready for that. And I tell that to people now, you know, and again, I'm the mediator on stuff. So a lot of times I'll have people, cause I have very good friends that are still very much involved in, you know, the, the church and all that. And that's fine and dandy. I have nothing against it. And again, I believe in God, you know, I do. Um, but I, I don't see all the other stuff as the devil <laughs> anymore. You know what I mean? So I just become the mediator of saying, well, you know, I, you know, I know you don't get the side of it right now. And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm completely fine with that. I try to watch what I say to people and at what times I think you have to be at a place where you're ready to absorb it. You have to be ready. You have to be primed. You have to be at a certain point where it makes sense and it, like you said, aligns. And mm -hmm. I think alignment is key on a lot of things. We talk on here a lot about just even in the business life and making, or even personal life, but just making decisions that align with your priorities, align with your values before you even make your actions. Because a lot of people, again, will make these goal lists, these goal sheets. And they're like, yeah, I'm doing this. And I've, you know, got my to-do list for the day. And number one, they usually make it huge and out of reach and set themselves up for failure, self-sabotaging, as you mentioned earlier. And then not only that, it's like, okay, well, I've got like 14 hours worth of work on here, but I have seven kids at home. I'm talking about my past self here. Mm -hmm. You know, is that realistic? Not only am I setting myself up for failure that I'm not going to be able to get this done, but I also, you know, my priorities and values, if you ask me what they are, my kids are always involved. So is this aligning with my life and what I want my life to be like? And I think starting small, as you mentioned, and the gratitude, I think that is a huge place to start because no matter what side you're on, if you're you know, still not quite ready to recognize that, you know, energy doesn't mean devil work, you know, mm -hmm, yeah. and, or maybe you're on the energy side saying, oh, Christians are, you know, judgmental and, you know, whatever it may be, because I find it on both sides. I feel like I'm the person going, no, we can be nice <laughs> to each other with a white flag, you know, all the time. I feel like I'm that person. 
because I could see both sides. But, um, you know, I think if we could start at something that both sides are like, okay, I get that. Gratitude is it. You know, gratitude is comfortable. Everybody understands the idea of gratitude. I think that is a good, soft place to land, even if you haven't begun to understand the rest of it. Because I don't even pretend that I know all of it yet, because I definitely do not. You know, I am still fairly new in my understanding of all of this stuff. But I have seen it. I have felt it. I have experienced it. I have felt what my life has done since I've become open to it all. So, you know, I, I, what I could tell somebody that's kind of maybe questioning, okay, psychic, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I used to, again, used to be that person, yoga, whatever, yeah, 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 you know, be open to it. Start with the gratitude. And, you know, if, if somebody was to, you know, reach out to you and say, very interested in this. I don't know if I'm quite ready to be, you know, psychic, you know, get a psychic reading or whatever right now, but I, I'm very interested in learning more about how do I take the steps to reduce my chaos? How do I take the steps to improve my life? You know, what would you say to them? Well, the first thing is, you know, I encourage you to take the heart space of neutrality class. It's really inexpensive. It's like an hour and a half class and it will teach you how to find this space in yourself so that you can begin to understand how to relate to others how to discern what is accurate and true and helpful and supportive for you, how to find your own confidence. Um, that would be a wonderful place to start. And it's not woo woo. I mean, yeah. it's not too far woo woo. This is all eternal, uh, internal yeah. stuff, right? Um, also, I have a monthly membership called Your Empowerment Posse, where um, the point of that is to teach you how to learn to be congruent with yourself. And everybody's congruency is different. Yeah. And then also there's, you know, one-on-one sessions and we can go as woo-woo or not woo-woo as you want. I work with folks who are, uh, who are zero woo-woo and we still accomplish the same as we do with the the hundred percent because what shows up for you is what's appropriate for you. Yeah. Start where your feet are planted. That's what I always say. (laughs) And you have, you have to meet yourself where you are. Yeah. And the, you know, you said something really powerful and, uh, you know, everything that you just said and the understanding that we can take away from any experience is, does this make me better for me? And if it can make me better for me, then it will automatically make me better for those around me. Right. And you said your values, you know, with, with your kids, your family's always going to come first. Well, what that means is you're coming first. You're taking Mm -hmm. care of you. You're doing your self-care. You're doing your mental and emotional discipline. You're walking through and making sure you have your support so that you can show up for them a thousand percent because they are valuable and your relationship with them is valuable and you're willing to invest in yourself so that then you can have something to share with them and inspire them and support them and so forth. And the work that all of us do, anybody on the planet who's doing any of the energy work, it's really all about alignment. It's what it's always been about. And the more um, you had mentioned that you were afraid of the yoga or challenged the yoga or sarcastic about the yoga, what I discovered is the thing that I'm most afraid of is my next evolutionary step. Yeah. That's where I'm heading because it's like, dang it, I didn't want to do the Akashic Records at all. 
it was like, no, that is way too woo woo. That is way too far. I don't want to have anything to do with that. I don't know what that is. That just seems, you know, too much. And it kept coming in. It kept coming in. It kept coming in. Finally, it was like, dang it. I'm going to have to read the book. I'm going to have to take the class. I'm going to have to have a session. Shoot. I do not want this. And it changed my life. Having one session completely changed my life because I understood why my life had been what it was up until then. And then once I had that, I knew I had to learn how to do it. And then now I teach it. I am a licensed instructor for the Akashic Record modality. Can and you so, tell people that may not know what that means? Can you sure. kind of, because I mean, we get all kinds of listeners, people are that, you know, are 100% in the business world that maybe have heard a little bit about sure. stuff, but they're not sure. Just explain a little bit about what that is. Okay. So the Akashic Records have been called lots of different things. The easiest way to explain it is the book of life. Okay. It is um, where all of our thoughts, emotions, and deeds are recorded. And um, with the understanding of the Akashic Records, there's also an understanding that we live more than one time. So there's a sense of reincarnation. So if you don't believe in that or not open to the potential of that, then this work is just not going to work for you. So, you know, just know that and be okay with it. And it doesn't have to be for everybody. Mm -hmm. But with the Akashic Record work and the understanding is this is the library that holds everything about you. Uh, take you through your origination. Like what, what is your sole purpose? We don't get that from your human self. We get that from your soul, right? We want to know really what your soul purpose is. Like my soul purpose, what I'm primarily made of is divine truth and divine self-expression. And so everything that I do, every choice that I make, every TV that I watch or, or radio that I listen to or anything, it has to align with divine truth and divine self-expression. Otherwise, it's incongruent. And then there's also all of these wonderful aspects that we can find out about who you are at soul level. And then we can also find out, are there any blocks and restrictions to that that you've created through your past life or present life choices that you've made? And remember, nothing happens to you. So it's all about the idea of we're in a life, we're in relationships with other people, we make choices that disempower ourselves, that create karmic consequences, right? We have a choice, we, we take some action, we get a result, right? That's really what karma is. It's just a result of our choices. And if we don't begin to make a different choice, then that karma becomes a karmic pattern. And we continue to create the same relationships or get the same jobs or have the same experiences with not being appreciated or being disempowered or yeah. not worthy or, you know, all the things, right? And the primary work of the Akashic Records for me is connecting you with who you are at soul level and clearing any blocks or restrictions to that so that you can begin to really fully live in all that you're here to live. And it's a powerful, wonderful, neutral space of non-judgment. You know, even if you have experiences where you've created blocks and restrictions, the way I look at it is, oh my God, you've gotten yourself to the situation now where you can actually clear all of this and you don't have to be in those patterns anymore. And to me, that is the ultimate of gratitude. Like even right now, my whole body, I've got cold chills because it's so powerful to understand that you got yourself here 
to where you're ready to actually change this. And when we change things for ourselves, we change them for our future lives, but we also change them for our children and for our generations because we also carry energetic signatures in our physical DNA mm-hmm. based on our ancestors, right? And, and science has proven some of that. Yeah. And so it also can change and clear things for our children and grandchildren and so forth. And it is a remarkable thing that I resisted with everything in me because it scared the daylights out of me. And once I surrendered and said, okay, I'm just going to see what it is. I allowed myself to receive the transformation that I'd been waiting my whole life for. And once I had that, I also knew that I had to do it for other people because it's, it's transformative. I do. I love that. And I think, you know, whether, you know, you know that terminology or not, I think a lot of people are very aware that people get into patterns and they end up making these decisions. And and even if, you know, they're not familiar with energy world at all, Mm -hmm. you know, you hear about that. We just, they they get in this loop, they get in this pattern and, you know, they got to break free of that cycle. I mean, you hear it all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that Again, it's the gray area. <laughs> I talk about this a lot. It's like, okay, well, you're saying it over here. And coming out of you know, being that person that seen it like black and white all the time, I feel like that's why I speak from the gray area um, on stuff is that, you know, we may fear the terminology. We may not understand the terminology, but a lot of times we're talking about the same thing. We are right. talking about the same thing. We're just using different words. It's like a different yeah. language. And that's what I try to explain to people that, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm in my, I've got my foot in the business world, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm dealing with CEOs who yeah. have no idea what Reiki, what pranic healing, what none of that stuff is, <laughs> you know, and then I've got my people in the wellness world that, you know, don't understand a lot of the stuff that goes on. And then there's me in the middle go like having to kind of talk both languages. And it is, it's almost like a language barrier mm-hmm. um, in some ways, but a lot of times it's funny because, you know, they'll be bad mouthing, you know, this, this fruit. I mean, fruit is like a word that gets thrown around, you know, Oh, I don't believe in that junk. I don't, you know, all that stuff. But then stuff that comes out of their mouth, like a few minutes later, it's like, okay, well, apparently you do, because yes, you just used a different word for it, but that's exactly what this is, you know? Yep. <laughs> and I think that opening your mind to say, okay, well, this sounds very familiar. Maybe I don't understand what that word is, but I am open to change. I do want to align my life. I do want to align my thoughts. I do want to experience less negative chaos, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I, and I do want to figure out, you know, how to experience gratitude and to feel free and all these things. We want these experiences, these things, this freedom and to feel light and all that. Don't, not do it just because you don't understand the word or the word sounds scary. That's probably yes. going to be my biggest thing to say. You know, if you, if this sounds like anything that you're like, oh gosh, yes, I don't know what that word means, but I do know that I feel like I'm stuck in a rut. I feel like I keep getting the same crappy job. I feel like I still stuck. I get stuck in the same crappy relationship. It, it, I feel like no matter what I do, I end up in the same spot. It's almost yep. like Groundhog Day. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes I, I tell people it's like Groundhog. It's like you wake up, you're what happened? It's the same day. You know, how did this happen? You know, even if you don't understand the what's or the why's or the word, you understand that you're in this place that you don't want to be in. You're, you're, you keep ending up living a life you don't want to live. You know, I always tell people that you don't have to believe all the things, right? Know that that's what you want to do, that you just want to do something different. 
So if somebody kind of feels that way and they're wanting to reach out to you to say, okay, I don't know what this means maybe, but I'm willing to have a conversation to see how I can start to align my life. What's the best way for them to reach out to you? Well, my website's probably the best way, and that okay. is yourempowermentplace.com, yourempowermentplace.com. And I actually have a quiz because I do offer so many different things. And so when you come on um, the, the website, you can either scroll through and, you know, if you feel adventurous, you know, check around and see. But there's a quiz there that will take you through a series of questions and dump you out with, okay, this is probably going to be most supportive for you. I've got free content. I've got really low cost content. I've got training classes. I've got certification courses. I've got one-on-one sessions. I've got coaching sessions. And I really sincerely do work with the same as you, business people, CEOs who do nothing uh, woo-woo at all, right? They're not even a W, right? Not not to mention a (laughs) woo-woo. Exactly. Uh, All the way to the, you know, holy smokes, woo. Yeah. But regardless, we're all human. Mm -hmm. We all have the same types of processes and systems and situations and patterns and beliefs and programs and all of these things, right? Um, because we're, we chose to be human. And so there's something there for everyone. And if you want the continued support, you know, around the thoughts, emotions, the languaging and the actions, that would be your empowerment posse. You can also find that on the website. It's just called your empowerment posse. And then if you want to take the course, the heart space of neutrality, that's, you know, that one and a half hour a minimal cost training session. You can find that on the website as well. And I'm not sure if you're going to put those in the show. I will. Yeah, I will. So down below the links that she mentioned will be there. You can just click and follow that and find out a little bit more about what Tamala has to offer and how she can help you try to figure out how to live your best life. Cause that's what it's all about. It's about living our best life, being our best self. And, you know, at the end of the day, whether you call it woo woo or straightforward or whatever you want to call it, that's everybody's goal. We all want to be living our best life. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed having you on here today. And I actually learned a lot. Like I said, I'm still fairly new in my woo woo world. <laughs> so we'll call it that. That would be a great show. My woo woo world. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I've been that looking be... for a name for my podcast. There you go. So. Well, there you go. You are more than welcome to have that. My woo woo world. I like that. It's got a nice ring to it. Um, so, yeah. I. I mean. I. I. I feel like I learn things and absorb things from people all the time, and I love that we were able to have this conversation. And I really hope that people found value in it and, you know, reach out and let us know um, if you need help, if you don't know where to start, if you're not really sure even what you need to do. I mean, we've all been there at one point or another. So I enjoyed having you on here and we'll touch back. I like to, you know, touch base with my guests that I've had on to see kind of where they are in life and what's going on with them here and there. So we'll check back with you. That is wonderful. And I'm so grateful that you allowed me to be here and to, to speak and share. And hopefully there was some nuggets that everyone's able to take away either from something I said or something you said. And I just am offering so much gratitude just for being in a place where we can have these discussions and conversations and support one another through non-judgment and through love and through appreciation and through really wanting to figure this out. 
so that we can live our best life. So thank you for offering that platform for us. Absolutely. I really enjoyed it. Greatest, I'm the rage they exclamated. LA times I stay on page six. I'm even.